Welcome to Cups and Cakes Presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded May 3rd, 2018. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the show, I'm your host, Jeff McCallum. It's been three years since Freak Heat Waves gave us the brilliant Bonnie state of mind. Since then, the duo of Stephen Lynn and Thomas Danino left Victoria for Montreal and were signed by Telephone Explosion. Their first album under the label is called Beyond Triple XL and veers Freak Heat Waves more towards synthesized sounds and drum machines. In doing so, they managed to create an otherworldly album with odd noises and squealing synths permeating over electronic drums. Lynn's deadpan modulated voice makes him sound like a bored cybernetic organism and it is just as essential as any other instrument or sound found on the record. Being original is one of the hardest things to do in modern music and beyond triple xl definitely checks that box joining me today for inside the artist studio is steven and thomas from freak heat waves hey, hey how's it going so uh, let's start by getting to know your voices who's who i'm steve i play guitar and sing yeah i'm thomas i uh, do drums live but yeah in the studio it's a uh, this a free-for-all nice yeah, yeah. Okay, so the new album differs a lot from your last effort. What made you decide to move away kind of from the conventional instruments and go a little bit more electronic? I think the basic, um, I guess, approach to making this record was to just push everything as far as we could, as far as uh, sound and experimentation, but yet keep it all like cohesive and um, so we use like conventional instruments as far as like there's a lot of guitars, but they're just processed differently. Like okay. there's very few times where we just have a guitar plugged into an amp and then we just mic the amp. Yeah. It's more like the guitar is DI'd and then we reamp it through weird stuff or we go like straight in through a synthesizer with the guitar and then like affect the sound that way. Yeah. And yeah, just like kind of wanted to get a little freaky or something nice <laughs> yeah yeah definitely trying to find just a new sound for this record we talked a lot about wanting something that was like lo-fi and f- like warm sounding but also as hi-fi as we could make it at the same time yeah so i think that was kind of what we were constantly striving for was to like if something sounded too hi-fi or something we'd knock it down a notch or if something sounded too bad we'd try to just like uh, filter it until it sounded really crazy cool yeah. yeah and not just have like that immediate thing where you listen to a record and right away you're like oh that's the guitar that's the drums that's the bass yeah it just kind of maybe it takes you a second to get your bearings and like like that could be a guitar or that could be a synth or like is this a real drum kit or is this a drum machine or what's going on here kind of thing yeah it's a yeah. pretty wild record for sure um cool. i heard that there was some interesting interesting days of writing uh, this record. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, care to talk a little bit about the writing process? Yeah, I don't know. We uh, It was a really long process. Um, I guess we started demoing it almost separately and then kind of because Steve was living in Montreal and I was living in Calgary at the time and then when we met up in Victoria again we got our hands on this studio that was just like uh, it was so small it was pretty much like a closet uh, attached to this person's house and uh, we recorded a bunch of stuff in there and kind of started flushing stuff out and then we went to Portland and recorded for how long was that two weeks? Pretty much two weeks yeah two weeks with our friend Sean at the Portland Community College because he got this like gig teaching a studio class there. Sweet. So he invited us down just right before school started because it was free. Yeah. We did as much as we could there and then that was kind of like we didn't get as much as we wanted done so we went to Steve's parents have this like trailer in Palm Springs. Yeah. And we w- drove down there after just to like write more stuff with a couple cents. And we wrote, it was like so hot, it was like, it was like June? Yeah, it was like, no, it was September, but it was still like, it was like 45 degrees some days, like, like we couldn't leave. go outside, so we just sat in the RV at the like little kitchen nook that they have, Yeah. and we each just had like a synth, and we're like facing each other, and we'd have headphones on, <laughs> and we'd just be like jamming just like deliriously, like, and like, that's where we wrote most of the synth parts for the record, yeah. and we were there for like a week, and... We're just like inside with the AC on. It was still like 25 degrees or something. Like it was like hot. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was fun though. Yeah, and then the sun would go down. And you'd kind of like emerge and like try and barbecue something. But even outside at night, it was like so hot. Yeah, we were like, the only one in this like huge like expansive trailer park, and we were the only ones there. It was yeah. just like crazy. It's creepy. <laughs> yeah, it was like I bet the people just thought we were crazy for being there, but. Yeah, you'd have to, like, start the car, like, if we wanted to go get food or something, we'd go outside and start the car to let it, like, cool off, and then go back in the trailer. It's like the reverse of winter. Totally, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then that was just, like, all that stuff we had to re-record when we went home. So that was, like, the start of a whole nother year-long process where we were kind of held up in my apartment. We did, like, maybe 80 percent of the record was just in my bedroom okay just on like i put i set up all my gear there and we were just recording there and then we kind of moved over to steve's house to finish it it was very like grassroots <laughs> so self-produced then or did uh, you get any help yeah a bunch of it is just us um and then of course like a lot of the drum machines and uh and then a bunch of stuff that we had done before we bounced through the studio gear at community college and our friend sean trail helped with that okay cool and he's just like a, a wizard with uh engineering so nice and they had really nice gear so right that on. helped a lot uh and as far as the mastering goes where'd you get that done well it was mixed in portland by uh this guy named jeremy Shear. okay uh who was friends with sean there who they kind of he could kind of hook that up and he kind of went at it mixing for like nine months or something it took it was a very long one i think he was just kind of like giving us a bit of a deal so okay, he, he was yeah. kind of just doing it not priority but he went pretty deep on the mix and like he was made it a pretty big impact on the record yeah. and then we got it mastered uh at elysian masters in los angeles cool who yeah is crazy good yeah. yeah, both those, the max, the master and the mix, I think, were, like, pretty um, important. Yeah. yeah. 
right on. Well, the album came out on the great Toronto label Telephone Explosion. How did your relationship with them kind of come to be? Uh, John just kind of approached us at uh, one of the shows that we played in Toronto and was just super nice and expressed interest in wanting to hear what we were working on next. And then I was just like, I think we kind of annoyed him because we were working so slowly. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But eventually we sent him the record and he was just, yeah, he was into it. So Nice. Yeah. It, it kind of hit us up right, like right after Bonnie, like on the release tour and then... Uh, every like six months and like wanted to hear something and <laughs> took us maybe two years to send him anything and then yeah we were keeping stuff pretty pretty guarded like we didn't show pretty much didn't show anyone the record until it was completely done oh wow yeah, yeah. right on so you gained a lot of attention while living in victoria but since have made the move to montreal is it, well sort of kind of yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about uh, I'm always curious about when um, bands decide to leave the west and go east to either Toronto or Montreal and I wanted to know why you guys decided to make the move um, well Montreal is quite a bit cheaper than Victoria so that is a big plus mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of grants and stuff that Quebec offers for musicians Oh, really? Is yeah. it tough to get grants for music in BC? Um, we didn't really try. I think we maybe have got one okay. now. but Yeah, well, we've gotten a few through Music BC. They're, they're pretty kind. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, I'm on one in Montreal right now that's just, like, gives you f- money to record a record over, like, a year. It gives you, like, a weekly amount and then like a big amount at the beginning oh, okay yeah so that's cool and then they give you touring grants and stuff too and so that those are reasons too and then also just um our management is based out of montreal and uh so more opportunities with that and it's just like a lot more central for touring yeah it was like easier to like just go to a lot of other places where when you're in victoria it's <laughs> have to go anywhere and anytime you leave it's like a two hundred dollar yeah ferry thing so yeah i always wonder victoria's got to be tough but i'm i'm always blown away by the music coming out of that city yeah. was it a good city to like sort of harness that creativity yeah it's an it's a really amazing place to live and uh, the music scene is just super super like I don't know, they really work hard at what they do and a lot of people help each other out. Yeah. It's small, so you kind of are forced to kind of like interact with bands that you maybe wouldn't interact with if you lived in a bigger city. Fair enough, yeah. But it's, I think it's awesome because you just, I don't know, you almost get uh, influences that you wouldn't think you would find elsewhere. For sure. Yeah. Cool. So you guys are currently on tour with Preoccupations. I was curious how you managed to land a gig opening for one of Canada's biggest independent acts. Um, well, we've uh, known those guys for a long time. Like uh, as we're saying, we're from Medicine Hat originally. Yeah. So we met those guys probably in like 2007 or so. Oh, okay. Uh, when they were playing. I guess Mike was in a band called the Zeta Booth. It was based out of Calgary, and then he would come down and play Medicine Hat, and then 
Matt and him came down to back up our friend John McKeel from the west or the east coast and that's yeah. kind of how we met them and they said they had this other band called Women yeah, uh, who hadn't played yet and then we went on our band at the time did a cross Canada tour with Women oh nice yeah in 2008 I think and that was kind of the start of us being pals cool yeah so has the tour been going well so far? Yeah, it's been fun. It's been like kind of strangely easy so far. Yeah, <laughs> knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think yeah. today and the day before were the first really long drives. Yeah, Saskatoon to Edmonton's always yeah always a rough one. Okay, so after the tour is over, what does the rest of 2018 have in store for Freak Heat Waves? Well, uh, I think in September we're lining up uh, some dates with Christian North. Uh, in the States again. Nice. So hopefully we'll do that and then uh, we're gonna spend the summer cracking into a new album. Um, in October uh, I'm gonna head back to Victoria so I think we're just gonna try and knock another album out before that happens. Oh sweet, you're not gonna make us wait three years? We're gonna try our best not to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we learned a lot while making this album and definitely learned like a lot of tricks to recording of what we like so i think hopefully we have a toolbox of shortcuts this time nice, nice. and yeah hopefully some west coast touring too we got u.s visas for a year so just try and hit both sides as yeah. hard as we can until that's up perfect yeah hey, you guys were mentioning that you were going to europe yeah um mid-may so pretty soon we're gonna go there for uh, three and a half weeks i think sweet yeah kind of all over yeah, we start in the UK. We're doing the Great Escape Festival in Brighton. Yeah. And uh, playing a show in London. And then we bounce over to Copenhagen. And then Netherlands, Germany, France is the rest of the, awesome. the tour. Yeah. That's going to be a blast. Totally, yeah. All right, well, that is the end of the, uh, the normal interview questions. Right on. Now I have a, a long list of rapid-fire questions, and they don't need to be rapid, and they usually never are, so don't, cool. fe- don't feel pressure, guys. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, my first question is, what album sparked your love of music? Oh, uh, maybe Leonard Cohen, Songs of Leonard Cohen, or Velvet Underground, Nico both good albums yeah <laughs> i got those really young and the, actually pixies do little my sister gave me that for my birthday one year when i was just a kid and i was i remember just totally not understanding it why it was good and then i remember sitting like in the backseat of my dad's car actually driving to where were we going i think it was Banff. yeah and just being like this is the only cd i have i'm just gonna try and figure out why it's good yeah. <laughs> and then by the end i was just like obsessed <laughs> awesome yeah um yeah, I guess, like, my parents listened to a lot of music when I was a kid, and my dad really loved, like, The Doors. Yeah. And uh, my mom liked Queen and stuff like that. So I liked that, but then I think the first thing I bought, the first CD I bought for myself was uh, an Oasis CD. Oh, yeah. And I remember just, like, we didn't have a CD player, so we had to just sit at the computer with headphones. <laughs> and I, I didn't know, like, how, this is, like, grade three, so I didn't know how to use the computer other than I would just sit there and, like, listen to a CD and, like, not do anything on the computer. Like, maybe, like, play Minesweeper, but I didn't understand how it worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, what's your current musical obsession? I've been going pretty deep into Bob Marley lately. <laughs> like, Sweet. 
I feel like I've always had an appreciation of him, but then in the last year I've just kind of started digging into like demos and b-sides and like other like stuff i haven't heard before it's going it's real like, deep yeah. nice <laughs> like just it is kind of endlessly cool so yeah uh i have always loved dub and that's kind of led me to my current obsession which i'm getting super into dance hall right now oh cool uh especially all the prince jammy and king jammy produced stuff it's just like insanely primitive and like super fun and it's just almost, I don't know, it's just really cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, burgers or pizza? Pizza. pizza. <laughs> How do you take your coffee? Cream. Ooh. Cream. De- I, it cream. depends. I like switching it up a lot. Fair enough. Yeah. What's the best movie you've seen recently? Ooh, I saw this movie called Fireworks, which okay. is like a beat Takeshi movie. Okay. Uh, recently, that movie really blew me away. Interesting. Yeah. Never Jap- heard of it. It's like Japanese, uh, I don't know, art house. It's really crazy. Nice. It's a beautiful movie. I can't think of the last movie I saw. I think like the last movie I watched before we went on tour was Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. and <laughs> That's a terrible movie. It was terrible. <laughs> <so. Yeah. laughs> oh, Phantom Thread was amazing. That blew my mind. Cool. That was such a good movie. Alcohol or marijuana? <laughs> Tough choice. <laughs> I don't drink. Um, yeah, marijuana for sure. Yeah. Well, it depends on the day. <laughs> Fair enough. What's the best thing to happen to you on stage? There was a funny thing that happened once. I, I always think about it sometimes. Where my drum stool broke in half one time while I was drumming. <laughs> and then like within the span of like a split second, I went from like being whatever three feet off the ground to being like a foot off the ground <laughs> and i remember having to to reach up to play the beat until the end of the song <laughs> and that was good, not the best thing but it was a it was a funny memory <laughs> i yeah honestly don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll know this one what's the worst oh man there's a lot of those yeah usually just people accosting you <laughs> Accosting you? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. But then sometimes that's fun, though. <laughs> yeah. I, we played a show in Houston one time where I was playing guitar, and then I just kind of had my eyes closed, and all of a sudden I felt someone grabbing my leg. And I looked down, and there was a girl just, like, rubbing my leg up and down. <laughs> and she didn't stop for, like, minutes. And I was just, like, I wasn't sure what to do. I was just kind of, like, in frozen. And I was like, all right. Because I was, like, by the microphone, so I couldn't really move away. Yeah. It's like, all right. That was uh, maybe the best and the worst thing. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, worst. I don't know. Ooh, maybe it was recently, actually. Maybe it was... uh, I was pretty bummed after that last... uh, Or we played M for Montreal at Casa del Poplo, and we were doing a two-piece thing, and, uh, like, maybe two songs in, the monitor blew up. No, no. And it was, like, literally just a drum machine and a synth, so, like... There was nothing. Like, I <sighs> literally couldn't hear a single thing. Oh, man. And I remember being really bummed about that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. rough. Yeah. How many pets do you have, and what are their names? Zero. Ah, uh, zero, too. I guess I kind of, like, half-own a cat <laughs> called June, who's, like, kind of annoying, but also insanely cute. Right on. If you could open for any artist on the planet, who would it be? 
alive or dead? Uh, we'll bring them back from the dead. Why not? Oh, nice. That's a little easier. Uh, I'd maybe want to open for the Velvet Underground. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Which era? Well, ideally, like, <laughs> those Matrix tapes that just came out. I just want to play one of those shows just so I could see them do that afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Or, like, uh, maybe Chrome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Like, uh, classic era Chrome. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like, uh, it'd be funny to open for Bob Marley, too. I feel like it'd be a... F- I don't think we'd go over That'd too well. Bad, <laughs> bad parents, yeah. And then I just feel really bad about myself afterwards. But we'd get to see Bob Marley yeah. after. Yeah. Cool. yeah. There's that. <laughs> what was your favorite childhood toy? Man, I... Super I'd, Nintendo, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a giant uh, stuffed animal of a sheepdog. Yeah. It was like as big as I was. Uh, I remember thinking that was pretty badass. Nice. <laughs> Beatles or the Stones? Ah, uh, Beatles. Beatles. Yeah, love the Beatles. Love the Stones too. But John Lennon, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first car? A Nissan Sentra. I had uh, a Ford F one fifty, like King Cab. For your first car. <laughs> it was like my grandpa's old, like beat up concrete truck. Sweet. And I just remember it would like fishtail all winter long, and then <laughs> it was like so hard to drive. But then, uh, yeah, it was cool. What's the best Canadian city to play? Ooh, maybe uh, recently, surprisingly, Toronto's just been like treating us real well. Sweet. But maybe on like a personal level, I love when we make it all the way out to Halifax. Yeah. It's uh, always amazing shows and it's just people that I really love and don't get to see that often. So it's always a real special time. Nice. Yeah. Victoria is always good too. Right yeah. Now. Victoria's yeah. amazing. What's the worst? Ooh, I want to say Thunder Bay, but I don't know. I feel like... I feel like the ones that were bad, we stopped playing a long time ago. But. <laughs> I still like, I really like the idea that Thunder Bay still has shows, but I can't say they're the best shows. It might Maybe just I'm be gonna, bad for us, so. Yeah, I'm going to revoke that. I'm going to say, and I don't know, might be Houston. <laughs> best in the Oh, in Canada, shit. That's all right. Let's throw the Texans under the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the weirdest request you've ever had from a fan? I don't know. Maybe like one guy in Houston who wanted a, to join the band as the lead singer. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of like, stories from Houston. He was in like full army outfit too. Like he was like on a day off, like military <laughs> man. He just like had a lot of advice about the music industry. Yeah. And it all led up to him wanting to join the band. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Honestly, it's nice to hear, because um, I get a lot of um, women come in and talk about how people come up and have a lot of advice for them. Uh, and they always wonder if guys get the same treatment. So it's nice to hear that that uh, some guys are getting the same treatment. Maybe it isn't as bad as, as it seems. Yeah. No, definitely get it. One time we played at... Uh, what is now the Copper Owl, but used to be this really amazing bar called the Castle Video Bar in Victoria. And uh, it was run by this really funny older man. And we played there once and he gave us, a, it was like a 30 minute, like, <laughs> 
bullet point of how the band should be happier sounding. <laughs> this was like our first album, so it was pretty bleak sounding. It wasn't very fun at all, but that was really, really funny. Oh, man. Yeah, because he knows what you should be going for. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Give me one of your bucket list items. Uh, right now, I'm really questing for a uh, a uh, buy phase, which is like this pedal that uh, Jerry Garcia used. Sweet. And, uh, and Lee Scratch Perry and all the dub guys used for all the drum effects. And that's kind of like... I just uh, dream about it at night. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were asking for a buy phase. I'm like, well, that you can easily go buy for a little while if you want to. <laughs> no, a Mutron buy phase pedal. Oh, that would be so cool. Oh, I'd go for like a sports car or something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This will be fitting since you guys are on the road. What's your favorite road trip album? Ooh, for the longest time, it was uh, CCR, just the greatest hits. It was like the best highway music. Heck yeah. Yeah, Yeah. kind (laughs) of unbeatable. (laughs) That's a good one, yeah. Um, What are the other ones we listen to all the time in the van? Yeah, there's a few that make make it on. I really love the Horses record. That one's like, I only listen to it on the highway. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. If you could hang out with one of your musical idols, would you? Maybe only Brian Eno. He just seems so nice. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The few times I've met them, it's like, we already don't want to talk to them. Yeah. But it's cool to think of. (laughs) The reality is a bit tough. Yeah. Yeah. If you could fight, physically or verbally, any musician, who would it be? Probably Christian North right now. Yeah, he's probably the guy, Christian he's North. the guy I got the beef with. Yeah, we got big beef with Christian North. <laughs> we'll go Thomas, we'll fight him uh, verbally, and I'll fight him physically <laughs> at, the, at the same time. He doesn't stand a chance. No, it's two against one. <laughs> you know, Christian North is playing the Cups and Cakes four-year anniversary, <laughs> fellas. You guys should be a little nicer to him. Yeah, ah, we might be there to beat him up. Well, ambush. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got one last question. If you just found out you were the last person on Earth, what's the first thing you'd do? I might uh, cry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't know. <laughs> we'll just take a nap. <laughs> Think about it later. Yeah. Right on. Thank you guys so much for coming in and joining me for Inside the Art Studio. Thank oh, thanks, for, thanks having for having us. us. And I wish you all the best on the rest of 2018, your upcoming tours and all that fun stuff you got going on. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And now, dear listener, we will leave you with a track from Beyond Triple XL called Soothing Limbo. Enjoy.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The featured track was played with permission from Free Keat Waves. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at MarlowRecords.com. Inside the Air Studio is the second podcast from Cups and Cakes. To hear the original and learn more, go to cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.